Every haunted place has a story with a dark past. This is Ghost Encounters Podcast. Due to the graphic and violent things discussed on this episode, listener discretion is advised. Welcome back, all you spooky people, to the Ghost Encounters Podcast. I am paranormal investigator Justin Torok. This is the last episode of the second season. Unfortunately, Jordan could not be here today. She has some family in town, and she's going to be on vacation in a few days, so uh, she is not here today. Uh, She's very sorry and sad that she could not be here, Uh, but I am not entirely alone today. I do have someone on Zoom over 3,000 miles away in England. Please welcome Georgia. How are you? Yeah, I'm okay. How are you? It's great to be on this. Very good. I'm glad I can finally get you on the podcast. Uh, So Georgia has been dealing with uh, some hauntings for a very long time in your current house and in your old house. Is that correct? Yeah, it's gone over about 15 years. Wow. So that's a long time to be dealing with a haunting, especially like in the place that you live. It's it's definitely something that takes a toll on you a bit, especially when when activity has, you know, heightened. What was it? two years ago now that you reached out to me yeah a long time ago it's been that long yeah. already yeah so uh georgia reached out to me uh via instagram she knew what i did we first had we have a similar uh musical interest and that's kind of uh how that started but uh she she knew what i did so she started asking me some questions and kind of asking me for help and guidance on what to do because she's got kind of fed up with what was going on in her house and some scary things from our conversations. Uh, but before we get into that, I always ask all of our guests, what was your first, and this is probably going to tie in right into your story, but what was your first ever ghost encounter? Um, it probably would have been at my old house. Um, we, it was a, probably when I was about 12. Um, my nan had, had passed away and I think everyone got really interested in what you couldn't see, you know, like ghosts and stuff. And I, I remember she always said to us that she'd come back and tell us she was okay. So everyone got sort of fixated on what would happen and everyone would like randomly call out at night and stuff. And and there was many a time when you'd get something back. And I think we all sort of naively thought it was her. And I think we ended up bringing in something that we shouldn't because after that we had really, really bad problems at that house. But. Um, yeah, we used to use like apps and stuff that um, would flash if they went near something. And I guarantee they probably weren't legit ones, but I think in a way we kind of opened up something that we shouldn't have. I don't even know what it was, but that old house was terrible in the end. It was, we it drove us out, we ended up moving, but it got me into knowing more about it all. I got into watching the ghost shows, I got into hearing about Lorraine Warren and stuff and I really got into all the paranormal because of that because it went on at that house for 10 years. It didn't stop. So that's probably the first time that I started to see things at that house is when we were mucking about with the, I think they were called EMFs, I think. And EMF detectors, yeah and you started to um we started seeing like dark figures in like areas of the house and stuff because we'd been mucking with that i think we'd drawn something in i still don't understand how we did because we didn't 
like use a Ouija board or anything, but I think we brought something in and it started from when I was about 12. And ever since we've, it seems, I don't know, maybe they're attracted to us or something, I don't know. But they seem to, we seem to have problems everywhere we go. That's crazy. Yeah, I wouldn't say apps on a phone would actually work just because they don't have the hardware in the equipment that we use. But but when you start looking for entities and start asking questions and actually wanting to conjure up some kind of activity, if there is something around you, then 100% you will start experiencing things because you are actively asking it to show you that it's there. Right? Yeah, I assume that. I mean, I was 12. I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) What other kind of things happened in that first house? Uh, All sorts. We saw, well, you always heard um, women talking. If you were, like, um, standing upstairs, you heard them downstairs. There was um, always someone in the garage area. You had, um, they ran at me once. It was like a black, shadowy figure ran from the door straight at me and it i had to duck i thought it was going to hit me wow um you would hear people saying calling mum at night um so it really distressed there was i I just think i remember there was some old man that i saw in a mirror once it was horrible it was sort of i was looking in the mirror and he was behind my shoulder um and right up until the very end of us leaving there they were throwing moving boxes i remember we were in the the garage again and there was nails and stuff that started hitting us and wow. it was really horrible there it was it drove us out in the end it was terrible yeah whatever was there definitely did not want you there if it's no. throwing things at you right that's definitely a stressful situation to be living in a house where bad things are actively happening to you how far away was that house from your current house it's about 45 minutes away it's quite okay, a way away so it's so it's a bit away um, ever do any kind of research in that area or uh, the house that I looked in? up the house history a lot um, and I think there was I saw that guy in the mirror and my brother saw the same guy we didn't tell each other what they looked like but we both explained the same person so I went looking through the, the history of the area and we managed to work out it was someone that go, owned the farm before the house was built and um, he was supposed to be a really horrible guy, and I suppose it must have been him, because we both saw the same person. Yeah. I don't know how we managed. We both managed to work out from descriptions that it was the same person, then you see an image of them, and it's this bit of them. It's really creepy. Yeah, what was that like? Like, knowing that you and your brother saw this this uh, spirit, and then you see a picture of the farmer guy that, that used to live there, and it's the same person. What, what was the thought that went through your head? Did you get the chills? What, what happened to you? It was creepy. It was seriously creepy. And the thought that it wasn't just you and you weren't going mad was <laughs> a kind of a relief in a way. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it wasn't good at all. I mean, that house was terrible. It was, there was so many issues at that place and it went on. I had a, a diary. I wrote down everything, every day, every time, and it filled up in the end. You know, oh, I'm sure. So much. I recorded it on my phone. You'd hear footsteps walking around the lounge at night. It was like, like a hard boot on a floor. There was a cabinet in our lounge. The doors would open all the time. We even tied it up. It managed to undo it. You know, it was terrible, that house. Really bad. But wow. I mean, at the time I was, 
interested in it, but terrified at the same time. Well, yeah, that's where you live. That's where you try to sleep. That's where you're supposed to feel safest. And all of a sudden, now you have some kind of entity throwing things at you, making noises throughout the night. That's It, it gets scary, especially when it happens so often. Mm. What year did you move out? 2018, I think it was. It was right at the end. And we tried to move out at the beginning of the year, but I can't remember why we didn't. And then every time that we... We then put it on the market again at the end of the year and we managed to sell it. But ever since we said about selling, it was when things started to really get thrown at us. You know, moving boxes would get chucked on the floor. And, you know, it was to the point where it got dark and you dreaded it getting dark and you had to go up to your bedroom before it got dark because it all happened downstairs. It never really ventured up. So you'd never stay downstairs when it got dark. It was terrible. That's crazy to think about that there's an area of your house that you just literally could not go to after a certain time because awful things were happening. Uh, yeah. it's, a crazy, it's a crazy concept to, to think about and a crazy way to live because this is happening. So did this start happening when you decided to move or did you move because of it? We moved because of it. Um, and it just got worse. It got, it got really bad and it got to the point where no one wanted to be there anymore. We'd stayed in that house, I think, for about 20 years and it was we just couldn't take it anymore. It just got... It started, when I was really little, there was no problems at all. And then my nan passed away and we started being stupid, looking into things and it got bad. And then then it just got terrible. It built up over that time and we moved out because it got too much. So then you move into this new house and you're thinking, great, fresh start, no entities, no places in the house you can't go to, nothing chasing you, nothing throwing at you. Uh, When did you first notice that there was activity in your new house? the day after we moved in <laughs> that that quickly yeah um i remember everyone was really happy it was really really quiet and we sort of thought oh you know at last we're at peace and we get to be normal and uh, then my brother said the following day that he'd seen some old lady sat in the corner of his room looking out the window all night long and he was terrified of it. And I mean, he was 20 at the time, he wasn't a kid. He just did not like that room at night. And he thought, oh, you know, maybe he imagined it or, I don't know, dreamt it or something. We'd sort of thought, right, we'll ignore it. And then it was about three or four days after that, a picture came flying off the wall and uh, a tennis ball flew down the stairs and we sort of like, right, okay, it's starting again. Right. But it wasn't that bad. So we sort of ignored it for a while. But um, then the ensuite to my bedroom started having um like this repetitive thing happening every night you'd wake up the same time every day to the laundry bin lid moving and the taps in there turning on even though they didn't actually run water but you could hear water and every day you would see like this sort of dark shadowy thing come by the door and it happened every day at the same time and finished every day at the same time what time was that it was i don't know i know it ended at about six in the morning it was whenever the sun came up it stopped there's about three or four it went on for hours just turning the taps on in the bathroom and it sounded like someone was getting ready in there it was it was really strange it was like someone was generally in there at the time and that went on for i don't know about a month or two and so i kind of had enough and then i i looked what i to do and i i found out you had to ask it to leave nicely and there was a massive bang on the wall when i did tell it to leave but it went and we heard nothing from it since Wow. And that was when it went quiet for about six months. It was quite nice. So you had a six-month gap 
where nothing was really going on because you asked it to leave you alone. It probably didn't like that, hence the, the Big Bang. Um, but then I remember you telling me some other things started happening that got a little bit creepier. Uh, you, you heard your brother's voice or your mom's voice or something like that downstairs. Yeah. The door was opening, the window, right? Uh, yeah. We, um, one evening I was going downstairs to let someone in. They'd locked themselves out. And there was a man sat in the chair in the lounge. There was an, there was an armchair. And I reckon I must have saw him about 20 times at, through the time that he was here. And it was the creepiest thing I'd ever seen. The lights um, wouldn't turn on. We use Alexa and it wasn't working at all. So I was standing in the dark and he was sat in the chair and I saw like a head and shoulders over this armchair. And I was, you know, frozen. I didn't know what to do. So I thought, right, I'm gonna run into the hallway, open the door, then I'm not on my own. And uh, as I passed him, it was so strange because I've seen things before and usually they're like a shadow or you can kind of see through him. Right. It was like he was there, he was so solid and he had like a blue tinge to him. I mean, we know him as the blue man because he was, he looked dead. <laughs> he was horrible. <laughs> he really, really frightened me. I mean, I don't normally get bothered too much, you know, I, I put up with things, but yeah, he genuinely frightened me and we had, um, I don't think, I think you turn the light on and he wasn't there after that, but I've seen him get up, walk out the chair, walk into the hallway. He never saw me. That was one thing I was pleased about. He never noticed me, but hmm. I absolutely hated him. And then we had voices that my mum heard of my brothers. We had um, flies, stacks and stacks of really huge flies. Like they didn't even look like they were outside of a bee. They were huge. And we had like 40 of them, even though the window wasn't open. And we had that three times. Um, we had everyone's seen dogs. I don't understand that. We've all seen these black dogs. Huh. I mean, they really creep me out. I mean, I saw one of them fairly recently. And I mean, we had a dog that was black and white years ago, but she doesn't look like that. You know, that wasn't right. her. That was like a jet black thing. They really didn't like them at all. And everyone got scratched several, several times. And, and then there was an episode of banging constantly on our front door in the evenings. We thought we'd be in Burgle. We rang the police on several occasions because it happened every single night. Wow. And then our windows kept getting left open downstairs. I still don't understand why that was. We actually broke the lock to try and keep them shut. <laughs> it didn't work. They still opened, but, um, and our smoke alarm went off. That still goes off to now. I mean, that went off about two weeks ago. Even though we changed the smoke alarm, we changed the batteries. We even took the batteries out for a while and it still went off. You know, it, it goes off constantly. And um, that all happened around the same time and people kept getting scratched. And that's when I thought, right, I've had enough. And I spoke to you about it all. And because uh, I think I was going, thought I was going mad, and we started to lose pets as well. It was like um, one day they were fine, and then the next day they'd they passed away. And I'd spoken to vets like a week before; they'd had a health check, whatever, and they said they were absolutely right. fine, they were healthy. And there was one time when I spoke to a vet; she's been in the trade for twenty years. She's the director of the practice. She'd never seen him that entire time a desk like his because there was nothing wrong with him at all she had no explanation for it at all and that's when i thought right i need to do something about this because i have 
no idea what's going on and I'm worried for them. It might help. That's what yeah, it might help the listeners to explain kind of what you do a little bit with how you help out the, the animals that you have. I rescue ones that have been really badly looked after. I mean, admittedly, I don't do it so much now because I worry for them, but um, I look after ones that have been badly, like, neglected or ones that have been given up. And so my house is full of them, and um, it started getting to the point where they were healthy, there was nothing wrong with them. I'd got them back to good health, you know, they were fit and healthy, and then they were just dropping dead, and it was awful that that is awful you do all that hard work and loving and caring to to get these animals Mm. back to good health and all of a sudden something bad happens what kind of animals do you take in budgies guinea pigs hamsters gerbils all the small ones basically all the little ones yeah yeah i remember you sent me some videos of uh camera in one of the in the room with the where the animals are but before we get into that um what was kind of like your last straw you thought, all right, we got to do something about this. I got to talk to someone. What was the last straw and what made you reach out to me? The man in the chair. He <laughs> seriously creeped me out. It was it was the scariest thing I'd ever seen. I, I've seen things, but nothing quite like him. He was so real. I could still picture him now. I mean, he was terrifying. It was, it, he was doing really big as well because the armchair I've got is big and he was taller than it so he was a big guy and I'm little no I'm short <laughs> and uh, yeah it terrified me standing in the dark then and you call him the blue man that mean other people have seen him as well yeah um I know for that my uncle came around one night he didn't know anything about him and he said oh, I've just seen a, a blue guy walk through the hallway and it, he walked through where the door used to be in that house because it got moved they've changed the layout downstairs and he walked through where the door used to be Mm. So obviously he must have been there before to know where the door was. But um, I thought that he, he described what he was wearing and everything. And I thought, well, that's exactly who I've just seen. So, and also my older brother saw him at one point out on our decking. And I thought, all oh, right, okay, then this is, this isn't me going mad. They're all seeing him. So right. yeah. And it, it frightened my brother and he's 28. So <laughs> it must be pretty creepy. <laughs> but that's crazy. You saw him walk through where there used to be a doorway, you said? Yeah. yeah, so it sound, he sounds very more residual than anything else because he's not necessarily interacting with you. He's no. walking in through a doorway that used to exist that's no longer a doorway, and that's what kind of happens in these residual hauntings. But then you have something else entirely that's making noises, that's moving things around. You Things are being left open. you got flies in the house. You, you're hearing someone else's voice that's not there. That's crazy, and usually it's not... Not to scare you, but I mean, we've talked about this, but it's usually not a good sign when those things kind of happen, especially when you hear someone else's voice, right? What made you reach out to me personally? Because you're the only one that probably would believe me. <laughs> I've spoken to family members and some of them don't even believe me. I think they think I'm mad. So, and I mean, I, I know I'm not, and things have happened for like 15 years, but you still sit there and you question whether, oh, am I seeing things, am I hearing things? I mean, I know I'm not, but at the same time, when it's all going on, you're questioning whether you are, and then I thought, all right, okay, I know someone that might actually understand, and I thought it was such a relief to be able to speak to someone that actually <laughs> didn't think I was mad, and you genuinely helped, like, so much. Well, I'm, I'm glad I did. I'm glad I helped with your sanity, and I'm glad I helped <laughs> with calming down the spirits a little bit, but before we get into that, 
Uh, we're gonna take a short break and we'll be right back. The Spooky Shop is now open for Ghost Encounters merch. Visit ghost-encounters.com and click on Spooky Shop. This episode is brought to you by The Colony Meadery. If you haven't tried mead yet, it's alcohol made from honey, and it's the fastest-growing alcoholic beverage in the United States. It's all-natural, totally gluten-free, and delicious. And one of the best meaderies in the world is right here in the Lehigh Valley. Stop in and try a flight of meads, grab some bottles or cans to go, and experience some of the best booze in the world. They've got flavors ranging from tart and quaffable lemon laws and Wu-Tang Cran to cinnamon vanilla series of tubes and even the sweet heat of their mango habanero. Learn more at either location or at colonymeadery.com. Ghost Encounters podcast and show is sponsored by Phoenix Fire Media. Bring the heat to your online presence with their expert social media marketing, photography, and video productions. Visit phoenixfiremedia.com. If all you spooky people are enjoying the Ghost Encounters podcast, hit subscribe and give us five stars. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Ghost Encounters PA. To watch full episodes of the Ghost Encounters show, visit ghost-encounters.com. And we are back. We are still in England with Georgia. Uh, so the last thing we're talking about is you kind of had enough and you wanted to reach out to me. Um, I kind of saved your sanity a little bit because I believed you. And of course I do. I mean, every, I mean, you have other people that have been in your house that have also seen and heard the same exact thing. So you're definitely not insane. You definitely have been experiencing this, these hauntings for a very long time, not in just your first house, but now your uh, current house as well, which is, which sucks. You know, you think you're going to go from one place to another. And it's going to be quiet and safe. And all of a sudden now you have something totally new and you know, that's, that's frustrating. Um, but you reached out to me, you told me your story, and then you started sending me some videos. And uh, I remember the videos that you sent me, it was of the room that you had, you know, the small animals in that you were nursing back to life. And, uh, you know, obviously there's dust and there's dander, there's pets. So uh, you see, you can see that in the infrared videos, but then once in a while, and I see your face right now because we're on Zoom, but these orbs would come into the picture and... For those of you who have never really done an investigation or really looked into paranormal investigating or haven't done much with infrared uh, video photography, now not only am I a paranormal investigator, but I also have my you know, bachelor's degree in photography. I own a photography and marketing business. So I can tell the difference what's dust and dander versus what's an orb, right? The dust and dander is gonna look like exactly what it is, Dustin Danner, just kind of small little tiny particles, they trickle down, they move slowly, but in the videos that you sent me, once in a while these huge orbs would fly into view and they would move in really weird directions, things that, you know, it shouldn't move like that. Bugs don't even move like that, they would like swoop in, come to the camera, go in a completely different direction, and I was like, wow, there's, you know, there's definitely something going on in that room, and it was very unfortunate. I remember the one video you sent me, one of the orbs kind of just like goes right into, uh, I don't forget if it was a hamster or a gerbil or a guinea pig, right on, like, right, that was right in front of the camera. And you said, like, the next day he passed away for no reason. Yeah, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, them, them orbs, I used to call it the snow effect because <laughs> it looked like the ceiling was snowing. It was unbelievable. Um, there was, 
I mean, we don't have any now. They've all gone. But um, yeah, that it was every night we had a sensor on the thing, and it was going off all the time. Usually around sort of between sort of two to about four, it right. would go off every night, and they would come up to the camera these these little light bulbs and zoom off in the most strangest directions, and there would be hundreds of times, and they went on for hours. The camera would pick up like fifty different videos over the night, and I sent you the good ones, but you know they went on yeah. for ages, and you could spend hours looking through the footage on them cameras because they went on forever. Yeah, and for those, you know, if there's any skeptics that are listening, but, you know, I, I gave Twitter some suggestions on what to do, and the first thing I said was try to sage that room, you know. Um, obviously, you move all the animals out because the sage smoke is probably not great for tiny, you know, animals like that. And now you're saying, you know, no orbs in that room anymore, right? None at all. I went on there yesterday, actually, just to check, because I don't check so much anymore. And you literally, there's nothing in there at all. That's good. Literally nothing. And how are the animals that you have now doing? Are they in much better health and, you know, surviving? Yeah, they're fine. Even the old ones, even the ones that are weaker, they're all fine. They're all doing fine. There's no problem at all. It's really good. And with the sage, there's a spray we use as well, if you can't burn it. And that is fine for pets. It doesn't it does the same thing i think you need to do it more because it's probably not as good but it's we do it once a week once every couple of weeks and it keeps them away it's fine in there now yeah i mean it sucks that you have to do that but at least the animals are safe um but it's crazy how something that seems so simple can actually help calm down paranormal activity and you know for any of those people that are listening that actually have activity in their house you know first thing i always tell people is try staging try to smudge the house you know, the best thing you can do is open up all the windows, do a deep clean, sage the house, um, ask for whatever entity that's in there to go away, to move on, to leave your house, remind them it's not theirs. And uh, it, most of the time, it'll work. Uh, occasionally, you'll have times where it's something that has to be re- repeated, like in your case. You just have to keep doing it, and but it's working. And in very rare cases, it will just not do anything at all. You know, I would say, you know, at least for the most part, like I remember you told me when you first started doing like, you, you did it and then it would calm down for a while and all of a sudden it would start back up again. Back with force. Yeah. yeah. But not just the orbs would come back with force. You said like the noises and the bangs would come back in force, right? Can you tell me a little yeah. bit about that? Um, I know for a fact that um, there's, everyone got scratched more, which happened a lot. And there was things like I saw like a floating head in, in a bathroom. It was, it was horrible. And the smells were bad as well. You know, there was things like rotting eggs and rotting meat. And the worst smells you could imagine were everywhere in the house. And everything sort of, the bangs were louder. There was bangs on the pet cages. And to the point where the pets got scared, you could hear the, the scared noises on the cameras. It was so yeah. sad. And it got to the point where, you know, we called a priest in because it got so bad. And I remember there was one occasion when I'd seen that a head in the bathroom. Um, I mean, that was weird in itself. Normally you see a body, but no, I saw just this this head. And um, I called my brother out and um, he saw someone in the garden that then when he shouted at it because he's, you know, he got annoyed that it was there. <laughs> right. uh, it ran off into through the walls to the neighbor's house. And, um, he went home and there was about I don't know, 20 scratches all up his arms 
and I mean I don't understand why he would have that but whatever was there I mean it still scratches him now so I don't think whatever was here or still is here likes him but it scratches him more than ever and when we got the priest in that didn't help either in fact I think it got worse I mean that day again my mum got scratched they turned on lights in my fish tank and they slung the sage kit on the floor. I remember that. They chucked it right on the floor. It, I, and, guess it um, does, I guess it doesn't like when you sage, huh? No. <laughs> it just it got worse after the, the priest came. So I think I ended up getting a, a protection crystal from you. That helped a lot. I have that now around the pet cages. Yeah, um, and that, I remember you telling me that uh, stuff came back full force and yeah. it's pretty scary. You know, I, I said you could try a priest and see how that goes. I'm not a religious person, but hey, you know, try try anything you can, right? And then you said that kind of angered it even more, which tells me, you know, with everything else and the smell of rotting flesh, usually, I don't want to scare you, but we've talked about this, usually that points to something more demonic yeah. or evil, in a sense. And, you know, at least this thing is not really trying to harm you too too badly yeah your brother's getting stretched yeah. but um you know it's not as bad as it could be yeah, um I but i you were you were scared and i felt so bad so i mailed you a protective crystal that i have um that was blessed by a witch and i guess that helped you right yeah massively i mean even now i keep that around the um pets that are older you know it stays on their cage and it, it seems to help i mean also have a bible in there i mean i'm not religious either but i mean i've got rosaries i've got a bible everything around that lounge and uh it seems to help a lot i mean the priest may not help but everything else did you know it, yeah. it eased it i mean it's still here now you still got a lot of things but it's bearable i've yeah. learned to live with it i mean yeah. and if i can do that then you know, I'm happy that I can just live with it. I mean, even now you get bangs on the walls. I mean, we had them today, but, um, you know, you can manage with it because it's not doing what it used to. It's yeah. toned itself down a lot. I remember the other so, thing that I told you to do because you were saying that, like, there's just this heaviness and darkness kind of in the house. Everyone was at each other's throats and yeah. everyone was in a bad mood and going at each other. And, you know, that's what these kind of entities do is they feed off that negative energy, they feed off your sadness, your anger, and it makes them stronger. And the more stuff they do, the more stressed you get, the power, the, it's just a never ending cycle. So you have to break that cycle somehow. And the best thing to do is get out of the house for a little bit, um, do something that you enjoy, you know, try to make the house as bright and lively and happy as possible. And usually that'll calm something like that down because you're then making it weaker by doing all that. And I guess, that helped as well yeah yeah i think to be honest um there was a when it first um picked up there were there was a lot of arguing particularly with my older brother and it tended to um get worse quick because the whole house was in um you know there was a lot of atmosphere going on and thinking about it i don't even know why that that arguments continued it just everyone was in really really well, he was in a really, really bad mood and everyone else was kind of sick of it. So, you know, it all sort of escalated. And yeah, I think it eased where, it eases a lot if you keep it light in the house. And yeah. that's what, I mean, 
I live here now with my mum and my brother and it's always like, you know, it's always we're always having a laugh and it's always really happy here and it, it helps if you're like that. And if one day you do get like days because there is days when of course the whole yep. house is really, really miserable, just get out and it get away from the house and you instantly feel fine the minute you leave. Yeah. It's not much better. Yeah. yeah. It, it's crazy how different it really feels when you exit a place like that and just literally just step outside. It's, mm. you know, rejuvenating. It's weight off yeah. your shoulders. You can breathe again, you know? Um, I felt so bad because there's only so much I could do from 3,000, over 3,000 miles away. You know, it's not like I can just, you know, hop in my car and get there, obviously. But um, who knows? Maybe one day I'll make it to England and can uh, say hi and check out the house and see what the heck's yeah, going you on. Yeah, you <laughs> Um, but I'm glad things have finally uh, calmed down and is livable and bearable. Um, but you're just messaging me today um, and yesterday. Uh, I guess you have some new developments in the haunting at your house, right? Yeah, I mean, in I mean, for a while we've had uh, bangs on the dividing wall between our neighbour. Um, it's always in threes, which concerns me a bit. Um, and it happens when she's out because I see her leave. Um, but we chose to ignore it. We thought, right, the less we, you know, we're not going to bother it. If it can do what it wants, mm -hmm. no one cares. And it, it just does the knocks. And then I thought, right, I need to go into the downstairs. What used to be a bedroom, it used to be my brother's. Um, and no one went in it because it makes the, the weirdest noises in there. I mean, when he used to be in there, he was, he was into all sorts of things that he shouldn't have been. And, you know, I think he, he definitely had some kind of a cult book in there um, that he never likes to talk about it, but I know he got one because his his wife got it for him. So he definitely had one and he never tells you what he did with it. So that for me, makes me think he did something. That's concerning. <laughs> yeah. If, if, you know, brother, if you're listening, stay, maybe stay away from the occult books or, you know, definitely don't try to conjure something up because, uh, Looks like that may or may not have happened. Yeah, and so I'm in that study now. It's now my study, and I mean, it's been pretty quiet in there to start with, apart from when you go in there, you instantly feel tired. You could literally fall asleep, I don't know why, and you get a headache instantly. But I can deal with that. I get on with it. You know, I'll open the window, it's in fresh air, it'll be fine. And then um, my dog was in there, left a doll on the chair. Um, I left it there overnight. I was the last one in there, shut the door. She stays up in my bedroom with me. Come down in the morning, the doll's on the floor. I tell myself it's nothing, even though, you know, I didn't move it, she didn't move it. Um, and then I go into the kitchen, talk with my mum. I see this sort of, I mean, it was another really clear um, little boy. He must have only been about five foot. He was really little and mm. looking right at me. I mean, normally they don't see me. He definitely did. And again, it, it creeped me out, but you know, I told my mom later in the evening, she said to me the whole area around there smelled of like a butcher's shop, like raw meat. And it, it did smell, it was awful. And the whole, the whole time I thought, right, okay, this, it worked in that when I saw that little boy, the smell in the room was of this sort of raw meat. And so in the evening, my brother came round, the old one that was into the occult came round um, wanted to check out the study as it used to be his bedroom, you know, he wanted to see what I'd done with it and I completely changed it. Um, and he 
was parked outside. We were in the driveway, and he comes down and says, "You're having problems in that room, aren't you?" And we said, "Well, yeah. How do you know?" And he said, "Well, the curtains moved, and you know, I know you're here. No one's in there, and the curtains moving, and you're not there. Right. The window wasn't open. It wasn't wasn't windy. The curtain moved. So he goes into the room, talks about staging it, and then he comes out and he's got two massive scratches on his arm." Like right from elbow down to wrist, it was massive ones, and I and thought, he, right, okay, that thing in there don't like him. Yeah, he's the one that always gets scratched, right? Yeah, and more times than not, it's him. I think I've been scratched twice. My mom's been scratched once, and my little brother's been scratched once, but he's been scratched about ten times. It's wow. it gets scratched really bad, so I get some like loads of them. You know, I get like one. I think I got like, a big one on my neck, and uh, my mom got them. I think it was on her arm, but he gets absolutely stacks of them, loads wow. on his arms at one time but yeah they're really bad ones as well and they drew blood the ones this time so jeez holy shit yeah yeah they're bad ones well that's interesting he's had the occult books he won't say what he did with them he's the one getting scratched the most he knew you were having problems in that room you know like that's the first thing he asked you so a little concerning what uh what your brother did there but uh maybe one day he'll divulge in what he actually uh did with the occult books but well, I, uh, I wish you the best of luck with anything. Always, I'm here for any kind of questions or just to talk mm. or ideas. Um, hopefully the study gets, calms down a bit. Um, you yeah, know. it's not too bad. I can manage. As long as he ain't in there, he's the one that gets bothered by it more. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate you sharing your story and your years of haunting with me and all of our fans. Yeah, it's been fun. I really enjoyed this. Very good. Um, on a side note, uh, do you actively listen to the podcast? Yes. Yes, I do. Awesome. Do you have... Well, I tend to listen to this one. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> do you have a favorite episode so far, or multiple favorites? They're all really good. I don't think I've ever found one that I don't like. That's awesome. I appreciate that. Um, but not, none of them like jump out at you that you thought were the most interesting, or... Um, they're always gripping I'm really into the paranormal I always have been I mean I understandably I am but yeah. I mean I always find anything to do with interesting and to be honest it's not enough out there talking about it I always looked online before I met you to find things that would help and no one ever does find anything like no one they always sort of muck about and make things up and right. you know to find someone that actually genuinely gets it and it shares it on here is really relieving to be honest yeah. it's nice to find someone that genuinely is genuine well i appreciate that very much and uh that's what i try to do you know because talking about these things can help and you know that's why we also started that section of the podcast for a spooky fan story where you know fans submit their own ghost stories in and so that people can hear what everyone else has dealt with and been through in their lives and think oh well you know maybe mine wasn't so bad or you know maybe oh man mine could be a lot could be a lot worse or you know wow i went through something similar so i really hope uh, for all of you listening that you know hearing these stories do help and uh, i encourage everyone to send in more spooky fan stories because uh, we need more of them especially for season three that will be starting soon uh good luck with everything again i'm here for any kind of help or questions suggestions or just a talk about how the haunting's going and uh and thanks so much for being on the podcast yeah i really enjoyed it it's been really fun awesome. thanks for having me of course
So that was Georgia's story with the hauntings that she has experienced in her old house and in her current house. Like I said, there's only so much help I can provide someone being over 3,000 miles away, but, uh, but I'm glad the suggestions that I gave her actually helped, and uh, I'm really happy about that. Hopefully things stay kind of calm and where they are. If anyone out there, you know, has any questions, um, needs any suggestions, just wants to talk or share their story about what's going on, you can always reach out to me on our social channels or uh, email us. And if you do want to share your story, I highly encourage you to submit spooky fan stories because we need them for season three. Even if the spooky fan stories aren't about you necessarily, it could be a local legend in your town, uh, something that happened to a family member or something that you know happened uh, where you live, you know, we'll accept any kind of uh, spooky fan stories that are out there. Um, I love hearing from our fans and hearing the stories that, uh, that have happened and different stories that happened throughout the world. And, you know, it's very interesting to hear. And, and I've had a lot of feedback that other people really love hearing the spooky fan stories as well. Before we go, I wanted to kind of do a year-end uh, recap for uh, season two of Ghost Encounters podcast. On the episodes, I usually have polls. Um, they're only on Spotify, but usually I put some kind of poll or question on each podcast episode. So one of the episodes I put polls on was season two, episode eight, Cursed Movies. And I asked everyone, uh, which of these cursed movies is your favorite? And from the responses, it seems like everyone's kind of torn between Poltergeist and The Exorcist. Both very good movies, both very different, and both uh, good for their own reasons. So I understand why those two movies are kind of the top two that people would be torn by for which one's their favorite. And then I had a poll on Season 2, Episode 10, Creepy Christmas, and I asked who seems more terrifying, Krampus, Grilla, Hans Trapp, or Frau Perchta? And the... Uh, poll was unanimous. Every single person voted for Krampus as the most terrifying. Another poll I had was on season two, episode 14, Reincarnation. And I asked everyone, do you believe in reincarnation? Again, the poll was unanimous. Every single person voted yes that they believe in reincarnation. I think one of my favorite questions I've asked uh, was for season two, episode 16, Haunted Dolls. The poll that I put up on Spotify was, would you visit the island of the dolls? And everyone was torn between this one. 60% of people said no, and 40% of people actually said yes, that they would visit the Island of the Dolls. That is such a creepy place. That was a, uh, that was a really good episode. And right after that, Season 2, Episode 17, Haunted Islands, the poll was, would you go to Pavalia? And again, unanimous. 100% of people actually said yes, they would go to Pavalia. And after that, Season 2, Episode 18, Cursed Objects, uh, one of the things that I did research on was the Thomas Busby chair. And uh, I asked, would you dare sit in Thomas Busby's chair? 73% of you said no, good choice. But 27% of you said yes. I don't know if uh, that 27% are just curious to see if anything would happen or if 27% of you have a death wish, but uh, I definitely would not sit in Thomas Busby's chair. That was another good episode. A lot of weird cursed objects. We learned a lot in that episode, especially with Jordan's research about the two diamonds. Um, I still can't believe that there is a cursed chair in England that is now hung up on the wall because if you sit in it, well, you're probably gonna die. In the previous episode, season two, episode 19, Spectral Dreams, uh, the poll was, have you ever had sleep paralysis? And 56% of you said no, but 44% of you said yes. And uh, for those of you that have experienced sleep paralysis, I know how uh, terrifying that is. 
uh, just going back through some of these episodes, we've had a great season. I mean, this season was absolutely awesome. We did a lot of great research. We learned a lot about some new things, things that I've never even heard about, like like in Cursed Objects when Hannah talked about the crone of the Catskills. That crone, that statue thing is so creepy. And to know that this story actually happened and that this thing exists is terrifying in itself. Uh, season 2, Episode 9, Haunted Theaters. That was another great episode. I can't believe how many of these theaters uh, are so old and are still actually theaters and how haunted they are like the Iroquois theater that I did research on that the that really awful fire that broke out and killed hundreds and hundreds of people and now people see like ash type shadowy figures sitting in the seats and things like that it's just crazy to think about the the tragedies that have happened all over it's horrible but I've made these places so incredibly haunted Season 2, Episode 2, Lizzie Borden was another great episode. Uh, I knew about Lizzie Borden, but I never really dove that far into her life and that far into the story. So it was really interesting to learn about everything that happened, all the little details that we know. And for me, without a doubt, I, I think she killed her dad and her dad's wife. But I was getting a lot of comments um, throughout social media that... A lot of people don't think she did it. Hey, with these uh, stories, like, for example, Lizzie Borden, where, you know, it's not 100% known whether she did it or not, we're not here to try to convince you one way or another. We're here to present to you our research, our findings. We're here to present to you our thoughts and what we think has happened because, well, we're the ones talking. <laughs> so we're not here to hurt anyone's feelings. And that goes with the paranormal stuff, too. Obviously, we believe in the paranormal, and there are people out there that don't, and that's completely okay. Most of those people probably have never had a paranormal experience. They've never had an actual ghost encounter to scare the shit out of them and, you know, make them believe that this actually happens and this actually exists. Outside of the paranormal, season two, episode one, uh, a lot of people say that one's great. It's shark attacks. You know, it's not paranormal. Uh, it's not serial killers or aliens. It's not supernatural. But it's still gruesome, and it's still terrible history. I'll call it terrible history. You know, these shark attacks were really gruesome. Something fun, uh, me and Jordan were with our, you know, group of friends and her family, and they were having, actually, a Shark Week party, and I hosted Shark Trivia for everyone. It was a lot of fun. We did it outside. I had the projector up, so, you know, the trivia was on a projector outside at night. It was really cool. And I had some questions in there about the shark attacks that we talked about in the podcast. So for the people that were there that listened to the podcast, they got those answers immediately which uh which is cool but yeah this has been such a great season thank you all so much for listening i mean we wouldn't be where we're at without all of you listening and sharing the podcast around we're now at over twenty-five thousand plays i mean our followers grow each day and you know this wouldn't be possible without all of you listening so thank you all very very much for listening we're going to be back uh, soon with Season 3 of Ghost Encounters Podcast. Very exciting. We have some great ideas. Uh, but I would love to hear from all of you. What is it that you want to hear? What is it that you want us to do research on? What kind of topics or sp specific stories, hauntings, 
urban legends do you want to hear? Um, I want to know what our listeners want us to do. So please write to us. Email ghostencounterspa at gmail.com. Follow us on our social channels. Don't forget to send your spooky fan stories to ghostencounterstories at gmail.com. And I really wish Jordan was here today. Unfortunately, as I said, she couldn't. And she's really sad that she couldn't be here today, too, especially for the last episode of season two. But we will both be back with season three very soon. That's all the time we have for today. Stay spooky.